I've never seen a diamond in the flesh I cut my teeth on wedding rings Dude, that's pretty oh, cool. Man, that is good. I'm just that sad. Is sad. Wow. <laughs> Dude, that's pretty good. This is Dick Lee bringing you weekly interviews with F3 Omaha Packs, exploring their F3 experiences and finding those sticky elements that create the glue in the gloom. I think you. I think you hit it on the head. This is a, a great honor for people. And I, you may be the first person that said that, but I mean, it is, it is quite the honor. <laughs> I, it's truly an honor to be here. So thank you for having me. I'm excited uh, that tens of people are likely to hear uh, the wisdom that we'll be sharing today. Well, I, uh, so let's, so we'll, we'll start it off. So um, on this episode of The Gloom, we've got a, a special guest uh, here with us today. You would recognize him as uh, former Site Q at the Octagon. Uh, I think I know um, just participating in his workouts and just listening to his COT as he shares about his life. I know I'm inspired uh, by this guy here. So we've got uh, Ice-T on The Gloom with us today. So Ice-T, uh, tell us uh, how else. Uh, who who he aged you and uh, what was the first workout like and and how'd you get the name Ice T? Yeah, uh, so first off, again, thank you for having me. Um, great to be here with you. Um, I first heard about F three probably years ago, living in DC, and there's this talk about like this men's Christian workout group, um, and it wasn't relevant it wasn't anybody directly communicating with me so heard about it never thought about it again moved uh i i returned to omaha uh moved my wife and kids uh we came here in november of 19 uh, in february 2020 uh ran into safe ride at a kid's birthday party it was like oh man welcome back in town i do this workout thing you should join i was like oh sounds great when do you do it 5 30 in the morning Oh, see, I don't get up that early. And so continued on and um, pandemic hit. Uh, and so everyone went inside, was able to be at an outdoor event in August of 2020 and ran into Icy Hot. And we're talking, he's like, oh man, I just started doing this men's workout group. Like, it's awesome. You should, you should try it. I was like, is that still the one at 530? Yeah, I don't get up that early. And so... Um, actually my wife had started working out with some of the wives of, uh, F3 guys and was really liking it. And then it was getting cold and pandemic was heating up again. And I was starting to like really miss human interactions, starting sliding towards depression and, you know, talking about it with my wife. I'm like, ah, this just sucks. We don't get to see anybody. And she's like, I think you should try it think you'd really like it and so I was like all right <laughs> I'll, I'll try this so sent um safe ride a message and was like hey i think i think i'm gonna try it uh and so posted at the octagon for the first time in november of 2020 uh so that's how it came about a couple different guys tried bringing me out um and it took uh pandemic and near depression to, to get me out. So uh, happy, happy that I did. What do you, what do you remember from that first workout? 
anything stick out to you? Yes. Uh, positivity. That is like the number one thing that really caught me off guard. I was like, all right, you know, this is going to be a bunch of guys around my age, which is about you, right? Most of us are between 30 and 50. I was like, ah, it's going to be guys giving people crap and just that. And it was like, hey, come on, doing great. What? Like, where am I? And so it was really taken aback and still sometimes shocks me at how positive and supportive we are as a group. Now, you know, guys who have become close friends can start to razz each other a little bit. Uh, and so, like, that's, that's a normal part of being guys. Uh, but the culture created within F3 Omaha has been really spectacular. Uh, and having that positive, supportive um, aspect that I think really catches uh, folks off guard. I love that. And I think you're right. I, I remember the same experience of, like, this feels different. You know, this is not your yeah. typical uh, kind of men's group. You're expecting people to be macho, and there's really not – Exactly. It was like initially a, a little, a little put off because I just assumed that these people have to be a little fake, right? This has to be some type of facade. They want me to keep coming to this. So they're just being nice to me for that reason. Uh, and then you realize, I mean, that's, it's, that's just not the case, but I remember my initial thought being, Oh man, this is, this is too good to be true. Kind of. Yep. Totally agree. So, uh, uh how did you get the name I see then? So where's the yeah. first work at? How, how the name come about? So, um, very briefly, my life stories, uh, grew up, born and raised in Omaha, uh, went to college out in South Bend, Indiana, uh, where my roommates were from Zimbabwe, California, and Florida. Um, and then moved back to Omaha, same neighborhood. It was like, man, the world's really big. I want to go see it for a little while. So moved out to Washington, DC, um, thought it'd be for two or three years, ended up being 12 and a half. Uh, met my wife, got married, had two kids, bought a house in Virginia. Uh, and then her father had uh, terminal cancer. And so it, it was bad. And, and so we thought, you know what, let's, it, we don't want to keep driving up every weekend. Let's be there. Like get as much time with them as we can. And so uh, sold our house in Virginia, moved up to New York uh, on Long Island, and we thought we'd get two or three months with him. We got nine months before he passed, and then spent a year and a half figuring out where to live. Living near family is really helpful, uh, as we were coming to find out. And so uh, her being from Long Island, me being from Omaha, really difficult to, uh, to decide between them. Um, ultimately, uh, ended up moving to Omaha. And so I told that uh, story at the, at the first workout and talked about kind of how we'd moved around. Uh, and someone heard Long Island and he yelled out, iced tea. <laughs> I think it was Folsom was on cue and said something like, yeah, I like 90s rappers. All right, iced tea. <laughs> so so that's, that's how it came around. And I was like, you know what? It's not the worst nickname. I, I'm okay with it. You know, I know some guys have to like warm up to it. I was pretty good with mine from the start. That's awesome. I, I love that. It would be Fulcrum, right? The nineties. Uh, <laughs> so, so I guess you weren't a morning guy, but were you working out before? Or what was your, your fitness level like before you started? Yeah, I've, I've generally stayed in pretty good shape. Um, 
usually it's been running on my own outside headphones. Um, ran a few 10 milers. Um, and so would do some races and, and would oscillate, you know, more in the summer, less in the winter, like with most, most guys doing it on their own. Uh, and I was running outside here and it just like the motivation, you know, oscillates, it, it goes up and down. Uh, and so I have loved having this group as motivation, right? It's it, as a number of guys have talked about um, on this podcast, like I, I get up when I'm, when it sucks to wake up, it's like, well, but so-and-so is going to be there. I talked to you know, I like to see this group at this location on this day. Uh, and I like getting into that comfort zone and knowing this person always puts a smile on my face. No, I, I do want to take care of myself. But at this point, it's like I, I get to see friends for like 45 minutes every day. Like that happened in college, right? But that doesn't happen very much in real life, especially with parents with kids, Um see friends every couple months. And so uh, the fact that we get to spend time together conversing short snippets or longer on a run um, is really a fantastic way to get camaraderie in, um, you know, male fellowship. That's, that's really where I am and, and what drives me these days. Well, that's great. And you know, you had you had mentioned, you know, talking to Safe Ride and Icy Hot. I guess did you kind of come in having some connections so it was a little bit easier for you to I guess have that accountability and see those guys and want to show up for them or, or, or where were you at? Yeah, you know, we um I had lived away more or less for twenty years. Uh and so when we moved to New York, I had said to my wife, like, hey, I yes, you'll probably have some high school friends there, but I don't want to just like become friends with your high school friends as husbands, right? Like let's make us couple friends. Uh, let's meet new people. Let's, we think we've got a good marriage going. So like, let's find people who match us, who we are today, not who you were 20 years ago. Um, and so that was pretty successful. And when we moved to Omaha, she said the same thing to me. And so I was like, yes, we'll retain those old friendships that I had from grade school, high school. Um, but also we'll be in a different part of town and like, let's make us friends. Uh, and so <laughs> in February, 2020, we're like, all right, this spring, man, we're going to meet lots of new people. We're making friends. We're going to have like drinks in the backyard and hanging out and bam, <laughs> COVID just slammed that door shut. Uh, and so we really had to be, and, and because we've moved around, we had to be really intentional about making friendships. You know, it'd be meeting someone and, and taking that extra awkward step of saying, I really enjoyed meeting you. Can I have your phone number? <laughs> Not exactly something I've been saying in the last 15 years, you know, since I've uh, been with, with my M. Uh, so, so that is a, a little bit of a hard step. And I think guys often don't get over that. Um, it, it, but it's necessary. I mean, that's what leads to friendships. That leads to interesting conversations. That leads to higher engagement and frankly, ultimately a happier life. 
I like that approach. I'm curious if you have you found that awkward conversation easier to have with guys in F3 since you're kind of already breaking the barrier with monkey humpers or some, you know, <laughs> what's been your experience with F3 guys? Exactly. Uh, so yes, um, mostly. I think that most guys are, are more friendly uh, and so thus more open to that conversation. I still find it a little bit, you know, it still feels weird. Um, but just acknowledging that it feels a little bit weird uh, is important. Um, I've thought about it, you know, would it make sense to have a directory that anyone could look anybody up? And yeah, right now that you're getting into privacy issues and we're storing people's PII, <laughs> the plague, I'm sure you're like, ah, no, I know all about HIPAA rules. <laughs> right. So no, we're not, we're not going to dive into that, but, uh, Slack is a fantastic way to do it, right? I mean, that's easy to send somebody a direct message and it's super comfortable and it's, um, it's F3 focused. And so that's a way to make contact. You also know that you're going to run into these guys again, generally speaking, right? And so you don't have to say, I might never run into you again. So let's get in touch. It's, well, I'll probably see you next week, same day, same time. So um, it's nice that there's a, a couple different ways to engage. Um, and yeah, it lessens the awkwardness a little bit, but there's still some awkwardness there. Well, I remember when I joined too that, it, you know, I get this sense that some, there was pockets of friend groups that were already established. So I was coming into something that, you know, they already had their subset of friends. <clears throat> and so I'm like, well, this is going to be very difficult. But like you're saying, as you continue to come, you get more opportunities to see those guys and engage with them. That kind of goes away. But I just remember that initial feeling, kind of feeling that, you know, these guys are already kind of set up and how am I going to, you know, make my way in uh, yeah. without being intrusive. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, you're the new guy on the block, right? I, I, unless you come in knowing a few people, um, it is awkward and <laughs> like, hey guys, can I be friends with you? Like that feels uncomfortable. Um, and so I, th I think that's the beauty and some of the brilliant, you know, unintentional brilliance of F3. Like now we're here for a workout, right? And so you can be like, all right, I'm here to work out. I don't have to talk to anybody. I, and then you turn around and you're like, oh man, I made some great friends. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I, you know, I, I love that. And it is, you know, even with like the shield lock, you know, you talk about that, like if you want to, you know, like have a shield lock, there's still that awkward, like, you know, it's, and I've had a few guys, I feel like, um, oh, like roll bar or somebody's M was giving them a hard time saying like they have, you know, like, like they have like almost like uh sister wives or something, right. Where they're <laughs> like, uh, this other group, but you know, some of the things like cafeteria or, um, even like QSOR, some of those things, because you mentioned like there's this point where you want to see um, if you align, right, with a guy's maybe views or beliefs or uh, at least some of, the, some of the things that you have going on in life. So have you found opportunity there with coffee and, and QSource maybe just to have those conversations? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, cafeteria is, is such a wonderful component. All right. And I, I mean, people... We've talked about it, but it's really kind of the secret sauce of why is F3 Omaha growing like crazy and why is F3 Omaha so successful? Other places, F3 has been around a lot longer, but haven't seen nearly the, the engagement. And I think that's it. 
like having coffee after every workout where you're just talking and you're just with somebody uh, and you get to sit and chat. Um, it can be a little tough, you know, conversing during workouts when you're counting in cadence or you're rotating or you're switching off and right. You're on a grinder, but you're off kilter with somebody else's group. And so like, you're like, Oh, Hey, bye. <laughs> they run by. Um, you can't have that, you know, deeper, longer conversation about, tell me about yourself. Who are you? What's worrying you these days? What's interesting you? Um, so yeah, I think the, the socializing aspects, um, are fantastic. The challenge, of course, at, at least as I see it, is um, can I, I'm also a, an engaged father of two, and I want to be home to take care of them and wake them up and get them up and off to school and uh, help out around the house and do that. So I, I want to be present for my family, but I also want to hang out. <laughs> you know, I, I enjoy the camaraderie. So uh, it's a balance. And so some days I do and some days I don't. Um, but finding what works for us and being clear and having a conversation with my M uh, was important to where I like really dove in at the beginning. And she was like, um, could you like pull back a little bit? <laughs> you know? Yes. Yes, I should. If you're seeing a problem, then I'm not doing this right. You know, I'm curious on how you've kind of reconciled some of those things that you're talking about. You know, you want to be an engaged father. And I've gone through something uh, recently, very similar, having my own kid and my wife, my M, asked me, hey, well, she was uh, going back to work from uh, her leave and she was very upset and I was trying to console her. And I was like, what's the problem? You're fine. You're going to see him. She's like, then she asked me, how many hours a day do you get to see your son? And I said, well, you know, now that I think about it, probably only like four hours a day. And that was when I was working out all the time. And so the way I adjusted was I just cut out my, <laughs> I cut out my workouts. I mean, the post just decreased. <laughs> I made that decision. Hey, I want to be there in the morning. He's only awake four hours of the day. So that's what I want to do. Yeah. I mean, so hearing you talk about that, I'm interested to see, I mean, did you, you know, play uses an A block sometimes. He, he talks about the concentrica. He, he has his value system. Is there anything that you and your M went through or just was it just more of an open discussion between you guys to kind of prioritize what you were doing to find that balance? Yeah. Uh, so we don't have anything formal. Uh, I'll say that our uh, marriage path has taken some turns and early on we discovered uh, our, our way of fighting and uh, it ended up being really good that we could talk about it and acknowledge this is our pattern and this is how we work, um, which was something would come up and we'd overheat and kind of yell or, you know, strongly state our position or tear the other person's comments down and get worked up and then separate in a huff. And then like 20, 30 minutes later, come back and be like, hey, sorry, here's what I was thinking. I understand where you're coming from and, and, and then have like a, a reconciliation. Uh, and so we established that way of arguing. <laughs> Good. Um, and then in the uh, decision on where to live after when we were in Long Island, um, we went through a, a lot of hard times in, in marriage counseling um, to help us understand how to talk about this and 
that got us really deep um, to where we said, here's what matters to me. Here's what counts. Here's what's important. And I want to always be honest with you. And so I, I hear what you're saying and that is less important me to less important to me than this. And to have those really hard conversations. Uh, and so as we've gone through sort of each of those phases, I think we've strengthened to the point where we can call each other out. We can say, hey, I, I trust you so much that I can say, you're doing this poorly. And so we're, at a, we're in a place at least where we're pretty comfortable having that conversation. Wow, I, that's a great example, and I and I love just the, you know, kind of the stigma of like like counseling is such a good resource. I, you know, like more of us should be in it. You know, I think that's my wife and I had some breakthroughs in in counseling, and you sometimes just need a third party to, you know, even just, yeah. the, just the normal stuff. Like, how do we disagree and productively? You know, it's, um, exactly, yeah. Um, I, you mentioned something, and I, I just wanted to, to touch on this because I, I think, um, you know, I know you as a very uh, outgoing guy, and I think um, a lot of guys are, are drawn to you as a as a leader. But you mentioned um, like the questions you would you would ask a guy. So I'm just curious where this comes from because you mentioned like there's no time to ask a guy what what's worrying him or what he's interested in. Um, where do you think that comes from? Because I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think that's cool that that's like what what you're wanting to know about people. But where do you get that from? Uh, I was having a conversation with somebody one day and it was like, and they said they hate the question, what do you do? And because that was always my opener, right? Like simple, these, yeah, what do you do? Uh, and so I actually do like that question because <laughs> it speaks a lot about a person, uh, but I can accept their idea that it's not a great uh, question because Sometimes how you respond uh, shows your bias or dislike towards what they do right? or, or dismissal of them. Uh, and so I've, I like asking questions that are a, a little off, like what, what do you do when you're not working out at 530, right? <laughs> like, and, and so that can open it up and run into new guys and ask them that question. They're like, uh, do you mean like, where do I work? I was like, however you want to take it. I, I don't care. Like, I, I'm just jogging from point to point, And I figured it's better to fill the air than to be silent, right? I lit, like just start using words and I'll listen. Right? I, I don't care what you say. Um, but it's a way to open up to where are you? What do you want to talk about? Like, what has fascinated you recently? Like, I, I love ideas. I love talking about interesting concepts, um, paradoxes, confusing stuff. And so I like opening it up to what, what's, what's the coolest thing you learned in the last 10 years? You know, it's just like, oh, I don't know. Let me, and the conversation goes usually in a weird direction. <laughs> it's fun. Well, I, I do like that. And especially, um, 
you know, there's kind of this, this level of, of anonymity, right. And F3, we don't all really know what each other does for, for work, but um, yeah, it gives you a chance to get to know somebody outside of their job. Like, I love that. Just what are you interested in? And it, and it forces the guy to like, if you don't have an answer to that, um, you know, maybe there's <laughs> some, I saw pony pony kind of tilt his head when he thought what's the most fascinating thing you've learned in the last 10 years. Um, <laughs> I, I love that. Tell me, I want to get your thoughts. So, You've kind of talked through your your fitness journey and um, you know some of the the idea around fellowship, but I want to get your thoughts on on the third S on faith. So um, just share with us your experience there, kind of what um, where you've been and maybe how F three helps to support guys in their faith. Yeah, um, I, I I've been on a faith journey as as all of us are, uh, and so mine goes back. I was raised Catholic here in Omaha, am Catholic. Um, Went to Notre Dame for undergrad uh, and went deep, like learned a lot, talked, you know, into the wee hours of the morning about principles of the church, <laughs> like really nerdy, uh, arcane kinds of conversations, but uh, really thought deeply about faith there and had a couple of courses that really challenged me. Uh, around philosophy and theology and and how they interact and and where it's come from um, where different ideas have originated uh, and so the meandering path of you know the why are we here question uh, so went very deep on that uh, after college remained you know a fairly regular mass attender uh, and then got to know people who did not believe or, or were of different faiths. Um, my wife's not Catholic, and so we have some interesting conversations there. Um, but ultimately, it, it, kind of having that deep base has helped me branch out and, and think broadly. Uh, and so at this point, I'm most interested in things that expand my concept of faith, God, religiosity, um, uh, and a, a friend uh, shared a book on Buddhism with me. Uh, Thich Nhat Hanh is a, a, a modern, I think still alive, um, maybe not, you can fact check after this, <laughs> uh, um, but great uh, Buddhist monk who writes about being present and how we are all of the same spirit and he probably wouldn't use those words um but like life and death are simply two sides of the same coin and you know a cloud does not go away it simply becomes something different once it rains uh and so exploring these concepts that i did not ever know about art it's been really interesting uh, and how do i merge that with the concept within Christianity of a single God and uh, and it, then the question of is there a right or wrong way to live and like, sorry I can I can go way way down the road on on these which is why I like to uh, stop talking to say hey tell me what's interesting you uh, that's bad. You know, I, um, I can identify with just the a mind that's always, you know, like, and it's just out of curiosity, right? It, it just yeah. so much, 
out there and there's so many different ways that people have lived, you know, and I, and are living, you know, and I think we're, yeah. um, you know, so it's, it's a miss to be right next to those people and not find out. So I, I mean, I, I love getting to find that out. But well, and you're also, you're also talking to a guy in plague that uh, attends like three Bible study groups for all different churches. He's <laughs> 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 part of two different Lutheran churches and I've got a non-denominational church. Just, I think he does have some curiosity. I mean, I just will attest to that statement. <laughs> to that yeah. statement. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like, you know, on your experiences here with F3 that we do a good job of kind of progressing any of that or we have a, an open enough environment where you feel comfortable sharing these things? I mean, how does F3 kind of help or not help? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I wonder about that a little bit. Um, I think, uh, obviously, like, we're in Omaha. It's going to be a predominantly Christian experience. Um, that's who most people in Omaha are. Uh, you know, we say open to all faiths. I bet if somebody came and went to a few workouts, they'd say, eh, doesn't feel super welcoming. Um, so I, I try to be intentional about that. By saying God, you are not saying Yahweh. You are not saying Allah. You are not saying others, right? And so just just the words that you use indicate a, a bias towards something. Um, so I, I love <laughs> actually the concept of um, SkyQ. That's nobody's word, right? That does not align to anything. And if you want that to mean whatever your orientation is, that's your alliance. Um, alliance. Um, so, so that... Uh, I, I like the SkyQ idea. I like the uh, verbalizing of uh, prayers and intentions. Um, it's generally a way to share worries and share what's on your heart um, in, a, in a brief snippet of time uh, and be open about that. I mean, uh, uh, so I enjoy and appreciate those features of it. Um, and, and the core concept of, of it, just like thinking that, beyond yourself um, in terms of service, talking about caring for community uh, and that. Um, I, I love that part and wish I could get engaged more. Young kids make it a little bit tough, um, but in terms of the third F, I think the engagement community and supporting others is fantastic. You know, I think um, just kind of combining a few things that, that you said, it, you know, I was at a workout this morning and, and we said, you know, anybody have any prayers? And of course it was quiet. And then all of a sudden somebody's like, well, you know, Paramount's having a baby tomorrow. And it's kind of like, yeah, that's exciting. Uh, but you, you almost wonder if that, should we change that question, right? Should it be like, anybody have anything they're celebrating or anything they're anxious about? Or, you know, because those are ultimately the things we're hoping guys would say. Um, yeah, it's kind of an interesting, maybe I'll try that the next, next time I queue, see if I get any more. Cause ultimately it's just like share what's on your, on your heart, on your mind that we could be encouraging or uh, thinking about you. Yeah. Prayers, prayers can be of Thanksgiving, not just intentions and, and asking. Right? Yeah. I, I am curious. I feel like at, at one point um, you had mentioned your, your family was maybe uh, you had, we're fostering some other families or helping to just kind of encourage guys to get involved with that. And I think um, you've done a lot in that space in my mind from a third F perspective. I don't know if you would, you would share. About yeah. That. Yeah. So um, it was a year ago that, you know, Afghanistan, 
the U.S. military pulled out of Afghanistan. And I think a lot of us were, um, like, policy and politics aside, right, it was sad to see, like, all these people horrified at, at what's going to happen because they had partnered with um, Americans for so long and no longer had that protection and, and safe uh, environment. Uh, and so as thousands were fleeing and, and becoming refugees, uh, we said, how can we help, right? How can we support? And something like 800 Afghans were resettled to Omaha in, in one wave. And so we said, what can we do to help? And so got in touch with the Refugee Empowerment Center uh, and were assigned to a, a family. And so went through like a two-hour training that basically says, be kind and don't ask about their past. If they volunteer it, that's theirs to share. Um, but like you don't become a refugee through fun means, right? It, it's pretty terrible. And so um, that, that, I mean, there was more to it than that. But ultimately, that's what I took away. And so we helped a family of four. Uh, mother, father, and two teenage boys um, resettle here in the state of Nebraska. So uh, we did end up raising funds. Um, the parents who worked in healthcare there um, were here working in a wire factory, and they had to take Ubers or taxis uh, 45 minutes each way um, to get there. And sometimes the rides didn't show up, and they got disciplined at work. Uh, and I was like, how we we can help solve this, right? I can't change the world. I can't, you know, make better, you know, international policy that can allow for refugees not to need to flee their countries, right? That's, that's beyond my control. Um, but I can help raise money to buy this family a car so that they can be mobile, they can get to work, they can have trustworthy transportation. Uh, and so we did that. We bought them a washing machine, right? Like, a few things that just get them through. They are now in good shape. I mean, they're settled in. They have found community. They have jobs. Uh, the kids are in school. That's great. And a few years from now, the hope is that they have learned English. If they could get back into the healthcare industry, like that'd be amazing, right? We need healthcare workers. Like there's this huge shortage. And there's these two wonderful people here that can help, but they can't speak English and, or, or couldn't at the time when I saw them last. Um, and, and then there's a few other barriers. So let's get people who can help with our, with our staffing crises. That's, that's phenomenal. And I'm, what's so interesting to me being in, in healthcare is, is um, sometimes the, the care in other countries is, better than it is here and do you find like workers that are more compassionate and you know so it, it's interesting how like different degrees transfer or don't transfer over um yeah these things that are such a high high need so so did For you sure. interact much with the family or like how often were you seeing them on a regular basis or and you didn't bring them to f3 so i'm i'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm uh so they ended up uh finding some people who had been from their town that live in Lincoln. And so um, met him a couple of times. Uh, the father spoke, you know, a couple words of English. Um, and so did not have the chance to EH him much. 
So one of, one of my bigger failings uh, in that undertaking. <laughs> oh, I, kudos to you for taking that on. I think um, that's just a cool way. And that's something that you just decided to do, you know, on your own. So, so I'm really cool. Yeah. yeah thank you. What, um, as you're thinking about, you know, your, so F3, right. We're, we're trying to reinvigorate male community leadership and, so trying to teach guys how to be better, you know, husbands, fathers, uh, leaders, community members. Um, tell us about your experience as a, as a site queue and kind of, you know, how are we doing at growing or teaching leadership skills to guys? Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's an interesting question. Um, a, a decentralized model is not going to have strong <laughs> instructions and, and guidance on here's all the stuff you have to do. Right. I mean, that, that is the starfish model, right? Like, oh, you got this, run with it, right? A few guiding principles and then you got it. So I appreciate that there is so much flexibility and freedom in it. Um, it that can be seen negatively as, well, there's not, there's not enough structure. Well, that's by design. And I think that's a good thing. Uh, and I think most of us embrace that and say, great, I'll make it what I want it to be. And, and then I'll hand it off to the next guy to make it what he wants to be. Um, so <laughs> I guess I'm saying there's not a lot of guidance on becoming a site queue. It's like, oh, hey, here's this spreadsheet. Now you have to make sure that there's somebody uh, lined up to queue your workouts for the next year. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Yeah, like that makes sense that that would be a responsibility. And that's about it. Uh, beyond that, like there is freedom to choose how how deep or shallow you engage. Um, so I I think it's the right level. There's there are resources, right? There's tons of guys who have been through it or are going through it with you. And so if you want to think through and talk through how could I do this better or differently or um, make things more interesting, there's a lot of resources, right? And we're all here to help. We're here to talk about it. We we enjoy it, right? I mean, that's why we put this time in. And so you can just reach out and say, hey, I've got these questions. And somebody will be there to coach, guide, advise, and, and be there to help you work through it, right? No one should feel like they're on their own. But you do have the freedom to choose your own path. You know, I guess with that being said, whenever you took over the range, you obviously come to this position, you're like, wow, there really isn't a lot here, <laughs> right? There is not a lot of instruction. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, here's the spreadsheet. I'll reach out to some guys. Was there something on your mind when you, when, whenever you took over, like, hey, this is something I really would like to see change or what I would like to see happen under my stewardship? Yes. Um, in particular, I had a guy who was working on him for a while, finally got him out to a Saturday workout. It was fun. Like, you know, somebody did, it was a game of some sort. So we got a workout in, but it was also kind of silly and, and camaraderie in that. Uh, and then went to a Monday workout and it was like just an ass kicker, <laughs> right? Like just everyone's dragging by the end. And this new guy got really sore because there were coupons there and there were dumb like really hard workouts and so he was so sorry he never came back and i 
ah, man, he could really use it too. Um, and so I tried to make uh, the octagon the welcomingest AO, <laughs> which is not a word. I acknowledge that. But um, you know, it was just the spirit of it. It's a little bit silly, but also friendly. Uh, and so I want anyone to feel that you can come. Because, again, we say it's open to all men. But like, there's a certain threshold. If you can't jog, yeah, there's not much there for you, right? Uh, and so how can we make our workouts really, truly more open to guys who need it, right? I mean, th those of us who, who have been in good shape, yes, right, we benefit and we enjoy it like crazy, um, but we're already at a certain fitness level. How do we, I'm, I'm most inspired by those guys who come in not at that fitness level and say, wow, I, I like this camaraderie and I see how I can use this group to better myself uh, in the fitness respect. So I think that's that kind of entryway um, is, is tough to find and not every site is going to be that. So I uh, tried to make the octagon that. And, and happily in terms of the transition to handing off the shovel flag to Golden Pike, um, he's a great example of that. You know, he came in um, and, and talks about it regularly and has made a transformation in himself um, and is an inspiration uh, to say, yeah, he keep pushing, keep getting better. Um, and, and so I'm happy to have him take those reins uh, and carry that idea forward. I love that. And you've also got, you know, Plague on the other, other line here who is adamant that they need to be the biggest ball busters on the planet, these workouts. <laughs> and <laughs> he's big enough to accommodate both, right? <laughs> I think one thing that, you know, I think we may be missing as a group is really advocating uh, modifying. You know, I know we say it in a disclaimer, but who's really stepping back and hanging with the six and modifying with them, right? I, I didn't do a great job of that when I was leading the woodshed. Um, and I don't do it now, admittedly, whenever I, when I see a guy struggling, I'm just worried about myself and pressing forward. Yeah. So I don't know, just something to consider, I think, as we're having this conversation. Yeah, it is hard. And I, a group needs both, right? Like we need someone pushing what's possible here. How hard can you go? What, what are new innovative ways to do this and still have that welcoming path? So both are important. Yeah, just a you know quick call out. Mufasa now has more workouts in his or more burpees in his workouts than I do. So you know, that, that, <laughs> you know. But I do think one of the cool things um, about the Octagon in particular is, is up until the Octagon, all of our other Monday sites were Murphs, mm -hmm. and so that I mean, you, what you're saying is exactly in line with kind of the purpose of of that site, right? It's like not everybody. Yeah, yeah do a Murph and most guys when you say oh we're going to do a Murph on Monday they're like if they haven't been working out or they don't know what that is they're like I'm out you know and then that I've had a few guys where like if they hear you're doing that on Monday they're kind of like what are you doing on t Tuesday through Saturday you know <laughs> right. yeah. um, so I love that and I, I think um, actually uh, coming up September 12th uh, Patton and Mulligan are launching a site, a, a non-MRF site out at, out at Red Wings, and they are going to intentionally focus on 
making sure there is there are defined modifications because to your to your point pony we say modify is necessary but not everybody knows um how to do that you know and so i yeah. love what you're saying there that's what um, yeah. oh go ahead i was just gonna say can't talk about the octagon without acknowledging bloodshot and that being exactly right the spirit with which he started it was yeah let's make this open to other people so i uh, have to give full credit to him for for leading that spirit for sure what tell us um you know any sort of like advice or or encouragement for you know site cues or fngs or just the packs in in general just kind of curious over the years what what you've learned that you might share yeah um I was thinking that about that a lot. Um, and I think the number one thing is when there's a new guy, make sure to talk to him, right? Find him. And that first workout, let him see that this is a friendly group. And, you know, Boney, I think you said like, oh, there's all these guys that have their clicks and their friends already. Yes, that's true because we enjoy spending time together and we see each other five, six days a week. <laughs> so like that happens and that's okay. Um, but the way to keep someone coming back is say, hey, you're part of us, right? Engage them with conversation and, and break away and say, hey, I don't know you, but I'm going to partner with you because uh, whoever brought them out has done their job in my eyes, right? It's the rest of us, Psych you in particular, um, whose responsibility is to keep them coming out. And so that, I think, is the role that we all play uh, as, okay, FNG, this is our chance, right? This could be an awesome guy. Let's see if we can get to know him uh, and let him feel that, you know, the positive spirit that we've culture, uh, developed here. I love that. And we do. I mean, we need every guy, uh, you know, every guy that's out there has, has something unique to offer. I'm just, I'm amazed at the guys that show up kind of out of nowhere and they're just amazing men, amazing leaders. And we like, you know, we're just getting to meet them for the first time and they've been uh, doing all sorts of cool stuff. So I, I love that advice. Sure. What about, um, you know, the pony's favorite question, your, your most favorite and least uh, <laughs> exercise is what makes that, that list for you. You know, I, I really, uh, as, as with many despise hydraulic squats, um, I, my knees are not good. Um, so yeah, I, I still hate them. Um, favorite, I think are anything in the genre of makes you giggle a little bit, right? Goofballs, monkey humpers, uh, pickle pushers. Like these are just things you can't not smile about right you're doing this and you're like god am i really doing this next to all these guys <laughs> you know in the middle of the night sometimes like this is just silly uh, and bringing that silliness it, it just livens up life um there was a recent workout where the queue just like totally botched it and i, I don't want to call them out by name um but like we were all so confused. Uh, you were there to play. Right? It was, it was so confusing, but I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. Uh, it was the best second F workout I've had. And so like, that's great. Right. I've been to plenty of not memorable workouts. I won't forget that one for a long time. And so I may slip in next time I queue like some really complicated, confusing instructions having guys going, what the hell? 
<laughs> just so that there can be that that silliness, that uh, lively spirit. Um, and if that makes you know me the butt of the joke, fine, right? Happy to play that role in that moment. It, you know that was awesome, and the best part was, <laughs> was the you get to see everybody's personality come out, right? The type A people were like, "Wait a minute, what?" You know, like. <laughs> out and then you know you've got slow pitch and tater that are just you know giving you know giving people a hard time and i agree i, yeah. I left that workout thinking that was that was some of the most fun we've had in a long time and it you know you can think as the cue like that you botched it but really that's what we're all that's what we're all there for you know? yep you're moving you're doing it right honey stinger taught me that one early on like if you're moving you're doing it right just keep moving well, and that element is so important because, you know, we talk a lot about this false bravado that a lot of guys come in with when they're coming to work out, right? Like you said, yeah. hey, we are a workout group and yeah, we're tough. We're, you know, it, it's a workout, but how tough are you when you're doing honky humpers <laughs> with a bunch of other guys, right? Yeah. Um, well, I appreciate you answering that question. As I said earlier, that one's a dud, but I... <laughs> Plague, Plague reviews the data and says that there's demand for it, so we're bringing it back. <laughs> Um, well, kind of in the same vein of, of how you like to ask questions that are hopefully open-ended and can spur in some conversation, you know, uh, one of the questions we like to kind of end with is words of encouragement. Where are you at? How are you feeling? What can we be doing for you? Yeah. Um, thank you for that. Uh, I am at, in this moment uh, in a really good place, uh, work-wise, family-wise, community-wise, um, Life is very good for me right now. It isn't always, um, but in this moment it is. Uh, and so my request would be to act, um, do something, right? Um, it's a little controversial, but my, my take is that uh, praying is the least thing that you can do. <laughs> and so if, if somebody needs help, um, help, right? Um, sit down with them or I feel bad about uh, homelessness or food insecurity, go to a food pantry or go serve meals, um, find a way to act. And, and so that's my, I guess, request is uh, for folks to take action and, and be that change in the world that, that you want to see. Um, sometimes there's nothing you can do. Uh, and I, I fully understand that. And at that point, prayer is probably the most appropriate thing. Um, but donating, volunteering, acting, um, that is where you can have a tangible impact and, and see and see the change. So that, that's probably how I would answer. I love that. I think that's good. That's a good call to action. And, and uh, maybe, maybe when you see us out there, you can ask us what, what we're doing. Uh, like I, can't wait. Yeah, I like that. Cool. Well, thanks for your time uh, today. I see this has been uh, phenomenal. And just um, thanks for being vulnerable and sharing your, your story. Uh, I think guys will identify with uh, your journey. And hopefully when they see it, they'll uh, at least pick up on asking, uh, you know, what are you interested in uh, or what's worrying you? So uh, <laughs> We'll take us out in uh, Namorama. I'll uh, start us off here. Right. Brandon Fleahardy, 36, The Plague. The Plague. I'm John Wilbur, 31, Pony Express. Hey. Express. And I am Brian Adams, 40, Ice-T. 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 Nice. Thank you, you, brother. Hey, thank you, guys.
Yeah. Hey, have a good rest of your day. Appreciate